I want to welcome everybody to today's podcast, today's lesson, lesson, excuse me, and this is going to be an odd sounding title. It's called Don't Commit a Stupid. Don't Commit a Stupid. What is a stupid? Well, that's something you know there's a high price to pay for if you get caught or I get caught, but we go ahead and do it anyway. Now, the problem is, is when we commit a stupid, God is merciful. If we're truly repentant, he will forgive. But but people aren't quite that way. They have a tendency to not forgive. They have a tendency to not forget. So what I'm saying is when we get out and intentionally commit a stupid, we may do something that might scar us for the rest of of our lives. Amen. We could very well do something that could scar us uh, for the rest of our lives. So don't commit a, stu- a stupid. Just a f- uh, few of examples of uh, stupid things people do. Uh, how many people have lost their job? Uh, you know, they got fired. They got dismissed because they got mad and had to tell their boss off. Or how many people have lost their job because uh, uh, they had a habit of being late uh, intentionally and they were warned time after time, you've got to start being here on time. You've got to start being here on time. And finally, one day they go in late, one time too many, and they lose their jobs. Uh, How many friendships have been sacrificed because of intentional neglect or, or just being mean to somebody? Uh, I know a pastor, although he did not, uh, he was not dismissed, he was going to be dismissed, and uh, he resigned instead. Uh, He was a habitual gossip. I mean, the church was going to dismiss him because the head of the church, was he was a gossip. Uh, And I could go on and on uh, with examples of uh, uh, somebody committing a stupid. Uh, another prime example, and by stupid, I mean sin, folks. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, very quickly, let's, let's look at Judas Iscariot. He betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ for 33 pieces of silver. And then when he realized what he had done, he took the money and threw it down at the feet of the priest at the temple of God. And they looked at him and said, what is that to us And he said, I've betrayed innocent blood. And the Bible says he went out and hung himself. I mean, he could not handle what he had done. He could not live with himself. Uh, So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, What you're about to do, are you going to be able to live with yourself? Uh, Even if you repent and get things right with God, are you going to be able to forgive yourself? Amen? But today's lessons, even though I'm not going to be reading uh, all three chapters, is from 2 Samuel 11, 2 Samuel 12, and Psalm 51. But the Bible just basically basically talks about King David. Uh, He's the ruler of uh, uh, Israel at the time. Uh, And it says in the spring of the year when uh, kings go out to war, it said David stayed home. It says one day he was up on his roof and he glanced, uh, you know, he was overlooking Jerusalem. It was a beautiful city, you know, and he's just admiring it. 
And on another rooftop, there is a beautiful woman taking a bath. Uh, and David Caesar, he has no idea who it is. So he sends some of his uh, officials to find out who it is. And they come back and tell him that is Bath Bathsheba. She's the wife of Uriah. Now, for those of you that don't know who Uriah is, first of all, he was a godly man. Secondly, he was a soldier of King David. Thirdly, not only was he a soldier of King David, David had a group of elite soldiers called the Mighty 30. Uriah was one of the David's top dedicated soldiers, but he's out to war. So David sends for Bathsheba. Uh, she comes to the palace. Well, you can pretty much fill in the blank. One thing leads to another. They commit adultery. Uh, a, a, a few weeks later, she lets him know she is pregnant. And there's no doubt, if you'll read this in 2 Samuel 11, there's no doubt because of the timeline, David is the father because number one, her husband was out of town. So in order to cover his sin, David brings Uriah off the battlefield back home. And he tells you, you know, he asks Uriah how's things going and everything. Uriah tells the king. But then King David says, well, go home, you know, get some rest. Uh, 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 be with your wife. Uh, and, and David thought he had covered his tracks. Well, come to find out, Uriah did not go home. Uh, he slept on the floor of the palace. Uh, and when and David, uh, the next day, finds out he didn't go home, he said, how come you didn't go now listen to the dedication of this man. He said, because the ark of God and the armies of Israel are out in the field and, and, and I'm going to go home and, and uh, uh, spend some time with my wife and uh, so forth. So David tries another. He gets Uriah drunk and tries to get him to go home. Still, the man doesn't go. So David has exhausted all his resources. I mean, he cannot cover the mess. He has created. So what does he do? He gives Uriah sealed orders and he said, now you take this. Now Uriah had no idea what he was carrying, but he is carrying his own death warrant. And David told him, take this to Joab, who is David's nephew, who is also the commander of the armies of Israel. And when jo uh, Joab opens the orders, and Uriah is ignorant to what's going on, but what the orders basically say, uh, get you know, uh, attack the wall, get, go to where the worst part of the battle is. And says, and then when everything's thro being thrown down, pull back and don't tell Uriah to pull back. Everybody else pulls back. So guess what happened? Uriah, a man dedicated to the king of Israel. He was dedicated to his wife. He was dedicated to King David. He was dedicated to the kingdom of Israel. David has him assassinated. You know one of the sad things about this story? Don't ever think just because you're a child of God, it don't mean some it doesn't mean something bad can happen to you. Hopefully it won't like what happened to Uriah. Hopefully what happened to King David won't happen to you. That you'll guard your heart, that you'll guard your life, that you won't let yourself get in situations that you can't get out of. But when Joab sends word back to King David, he says, Well, tell David about you know, about the battle and how it's going. And when he asks about 
you know, uh, when he finds out some of the men have been killed, he's probably going to ask why. And he said, all you have to say is tell him that Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the runner runs back to Jerusalem, tells David what's going on. And, 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 and uh, you know, David begins to inquire. And he says, oh, by the way, Uriah is dead also. And basically what David said, well, you win some, you lose some. Now, you know the sad thing here. Uh, well, let me proceed just a little bit. So after Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, finds out her husband is dead, she goes through what they call a period of mourning. And then David brings her to the palace and marries her. Problem solved. Life can get back to normal. I've covered my sin. Nobody knows but me and Bathsheba. Problem is, one other individual knew. God. Folks, the way some people live, it's like God's an idiot. It's like he's up in heaven and he has no idea what's going on. Now we're in 2 Samuel 12, and I am going to read just a little bit. Once again, David thinks his adultery and his murder is covered, but it's not. 2 Samuel 12, verse 1. So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb he had bought. He raised that little lamb, and it grew up with his children. It was a pet, basically. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. He cuddled and he cuddled it in his arms like a, a baby daughter. It's kind of like a puppy to us. One day, a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. Now, listen to this. One day, a guest came to the rich man's house, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. Now listen to David's reaction. See, this is just a made-up story that Nathan the prophet is using. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. Notice, he's going to have to, he's going to, have to die He's going to have to pay four times what he stole, and he showed no pity to the poor man. Verse 7, it said, Then Nathan said to David, You are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah, and if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised... See, folks, when you do something stupid, or when I do something stupid, we despise the word of the Lord. He said, why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? Why, David, why did you do this? What's wrong with you? For you have mur uh, murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says, because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes, and he will go to bed with them in public view. 
You did it secretly, but I will make this thing happen to you inside of all Israel. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you. Now notice what here, folks, what happened? Here's a man committed a stupid, a stupid sin. He said, I sinned against the Lord. God forgives him, but there's still, he has to pay a price. Nathan rep replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you. You won't die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for the Lord by doing this, your child will die. This is what happens, folks, when we commit what I call a stupid. If we're truly sorry, if we're truly repented over what we've done, God will forgive us. But sometimes there's a mess that can't always be clean, cleaned up. Basically what he says, uh, 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 Nathan told David, said, You've get, you have given great occasion for the enemies of God to blaspheme the name of God. He said, the sword's never going to depart from your house. He said, that little baby, because of your sin, that little baby's going to die. Now, let's look at some of the things that happened to David because of what he did here. He had a son named Ammon. Ammon. His son had a half-sister named Tamar. A Ammon raped Tamar, his half-sister. Well, Tamar's full brother, by the name of Absalom, killed his brother Ammon for raping his sister Tamar. Can you say dysfunctional? Later on, Absalom, the son of King David, tried to overthrow King David and, and actually did overthrow the kingdom for just a few days. What did he do? He slept with all of David's wives and concubines out on the roof so everybody could see, you know, flaunting his sin. But later on, Absalom gets killed in battle. Guess who kills Absalom? The commander of Israel's army, Joab. Who's Joab? Joab is David's nephew. Guess what that makes him to Absalom? His first cousin. Later on, after David uh, uh, has uh, died, his son Solomon killed another half-brother, Adonijah. Do you see what happened here? Everything, even though David was forgiven of his sin, the mess. Nathan said, because of this, he said, the sword is never going to depart from your house. I want to read just a few verses out of Psalm 51. And this Psalm, uh, well, it says, for the choir director, a psalm of David regarding the time Nathan the prophet came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Please excuse that phone ringing in the background. But listen what David says in Psalm 51 verse 3. He said, I recognize my rebellion. Folks, we can't repent unless we recognize we've rebelled against God. And listen, he said, it haunts me day and night. You know, that, that thing, that stupid thing we might do, it's going to haunt us. It's going to haunt us. And sometimes, I'm sorry, Jesus don't cover it. Yeah, Jesus forgives. But are we going to be able to clean up the mess? Are we going to be able to live with the mess that we cause? Amen? He said in verse 4, he said, Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. 
He's taken personal responsibility. He, in verse 7, he says, Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. On down in verse 11, he says, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. And in saying that, he was showing that the Holy Spirit was still with him. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And in verse 14, he says, forgive me for shedding blood. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm getting ready to close, but do we see, are we seeing what a mess we can get our lives into? And I want to encourage everybody tonight to read 2 Samuel 11, 2 Samuel chapter 12, and Psalm 51. David was truly sorry for what he had done. God forgave him. God called David the apple of his eye. And believe it or not, he still was the godliest king in the history of Israel and Judah. But still, through willful disobedience, he created a mess. And once again, although God forgave him, it was a mess. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you. Is what you're being tempted to do, is it worth it? Is it worth it? especially if you're a minister, is it worth losing your whole ministry over? Is it worth losing your family over? Is it worth losing your job over? Is it worth, excuse me, losing your reputation over? Uh, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard somebody say once, think before you speak, pause before you act, because today is tomorrow's yesterday. What in the world are you saying? What I'm saying is don't do something today that you're going to look back on tomorrow and go, oh my God, why did I do something that's stupid? Lord Jesus, we pray that today's message is a blessing and that it will encourage all of us to keep our eyes on you, the true prize of heaven, and not be swayed to the left or right and that we won't get out and commit a stupid. Jesus, everything we ask, we ask it in your holy name, and we ask your blessings on this message, and may it be an encouragement to those who listen. Amen. God bless. Hope to speak to you again next week.